joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Amen. Oh, it's great. You can be seated. I don't know if any of you... Uh, remember as part of your church tradition, uh, testimony services. Remember any of those, right? And then, well, this is a form of that, just a little bit more structured. And uh, we think it's really important that you get to hear from three separate people what God did last year for them and what they're expecting the Lord to do next year. And so I believe this will be a great blessing for all all of you here today. I'm just going to invite my friend Phil Jones to come up and share with you a word that's on his heart uh, for us this morning. And so just come on up here and jump on up. This is Phil Jones, everybody. I think as we've all been praying about uh, the new year and what the Lord has for us, it's a new season, not just a new year, a new era that we're moving into. And just as we were worshiping this morning, I felt uh, the Lord stir up in me. So a few things that the Lord has been showing me. One thing that I I think is important that we look for this year is that God is going to move in the children. I really feel God has emphasized that to me. And uh, we need to watch for it, the children and the babies as well that they're going to have dreams, they're going to have visions, they're going to come out with prophetic words. And we need to foster that. We need to be attentive to that. So it's going to happen at home. They're going, to, you know, they're going to dream one night. They're going to tell you something. It may not make sense to start off with, but you need to foster that. And like Mary, she held these things in her heart until there was, there was some understanding for it. You know. So I want you to be attentive to the, your children and the babies as well. Um, you know, the, there's something about children and babies that closes, the Bible says, closes the works of the enemy, stops it, closes it right down. Uh, I was going to give a testimony here about something, but I, we haven't really got time for that. But you, some amazing things are going to happen with the children. So pay attention in the, you know, in the, your, in the children's work at home. Uh, and in that. Now, the other thing I want to say is, and maybe it's because I'm a, a grandparent seven times over now, so you get to thinking in that way, but I, d- I feel it's a word from the Lord, and it's talking about grandparents finishing well. Okay? When you get to our age, you begin to think about what you've done and how you want to finish well. Okay? Now, the interesting thing with the children of Israel, when they entered into a new era, going into the promised land, the the Bible says they'd never been this way before. And so they had to fix their eyes on Jesus. They had to fix their eyes on the Lord. Okay, that number one. But the people that took them into the land were two guys called Joshua and Caleb. They're about 80 years old. The granddads. Okay, so you grandmothers and granddads, if you're a grandma or granddad, just put your hand up for a minute. You are really really important and you want to finish well Uh, Joshua and Caleb it says were men of a different spirit says they were wholehearted wholehearted after God now how great is it for a generation to see grandparents finishing well wholeheartedly after God who doesn't want a grandma and granddad like that 
and talk about your grandma and talk about your granddad. I remember when grandma and granddad did this and they said this and they, and they finished well, you know. I remember uh, Caleb when he got to, he said, give me this land. And it was a land full of giants at the age of 80. I, he said, I'm still, I'm still strong enough to take this land. And at the age of 80, he finished well, took the giants out and the land had peace. Now you want to pass that on to this generation uh, or the next generation that's coming up. So grandmas and granddads, I don't know where you're at, but uh, you know, don't, I, I, I'm not against retirement, don't get me wrong, but don't retire from the things of the Lord. Press in, go higher, take the giants, so your kids can say, never guess what granddad did today. Never guess what grandma did yesterday. You know, so they can look up to you. So it's a generational thing, and God is going to do that. He's going to raise up the grandmas and the grand granddads. Not that fathers and mothers aren't important. I'm not saying that. I'm just making a particular emphasis this morning, okay? And look out for the kids. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, I want to pray for this word that we're giving this morning. I pray, Lord, that, that we will weigh it and meditate upon it, keep it in our hearts, so that when the signs begin to pop up, we'll say, that is what was spoken about. And we'll nurture it and we'll grow it. And we'll take responsibility, Lord, for our own actions and our own movement forward, up higher into, your, into the things of God, Lord, however old we are. But bless the grandparents this morning, Lord. Let them be inspired by the, the kids and let the kids be inspired by the grandparents. Let there be a movement this year, Lord, of the old and the young and the in-between, an army of the Lord rising to take out the giants in the land so that there will be peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. right. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for sharing that. All right, I'd like to invite up uh, this morning our um, speakers. We have Judy Sparks. We have Jeremy Switzer. And we have Rudy Lombard. So come on up and take a seat. <laughs> I'm really excited about the series that the Lord has placed on my heart uh, for this month on hope. And uh, this word is really, really deeply stirring within my heart. And uh, so it's very excited to, to be able to share that. I want to—I forgot to welcome everybody, but I think you've been welcomed. But there, are, but it's—it is great to have you all here, and it's good to see so many. Good to have Curtis back from the military, back where you belong, <laughs> and so many of you. Anyway, you're all—I'm glad you're all here. So these these ones um, they're here this morning—they're just going to share some things about what the Lord, where they've seen the Lord at, at work in 2016 and where they're expecting the Lord to move in 2017. And if there's anything that they say that particularly touches your heart at the end of our service, they'll be available to pray for you and just allow that word to continue to stir in your heart. And so, uh, great to have Haley back. She's been away for a long time. Rudy's better half. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna start with Rudy. So share what's on your heart, Rudy. Thanks, Pastor Lone. Uh, always a privilege to share and an amazing way to start uh, the new year baby dedication and a prophetic word that really resonated with my spirit. I think amazing thing about the, the baby dedication, just such a picture, it just reminds me of in, in Matthew 18 when the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And he, he replies and he says, well, if you don't become like little children, you're not even going to enter the kingdom. And the I think kind of social studies and, and modern psychology will tell us that 
little children only look for acceptance and affirmation from their parents. And only as we grow older do we kind of start looking for it with our peers. And, and Jesus reminds us to be like little children. There's so many lessons that uh, we can learn from little children, but this morning I just want to highlight that one that he says, be like little children, look for affirmation and acceptance from the Father. And um, I know Reynard Bonnke says that through his ministry, uh, what's really kept him steadfast and on the narrow road is he says he's learnt how to be immune to both the praise of man and the criticism of man. And I really, um, it really sits with me that when we're open to the criticism of man, it, it cripples us. And when we're open to the praise of man, it's easy to lose our heads. Um, it's, it's easy to get derailed. So as I kind of share this morning, I'm just kind of reminding myself of things that I've learned and kind of principles that I want to remember and kind of really get down uh, this year. So this is a cool opportunity to kind of, kind of share, uh, share around those kinds of things. And the prophetic word, it's, it's important to finish well. Finishing, is, finishing well is more important than starting well. But starting well is also important. I think when you're throwing a dart at a dartboard and if you start at five degrees off course, it kind of compounds over time and by the time it hits the wall, you've, you, you've missed the bullseye and the, and the triple 20, but, but the whole board as well. I mean, you're not even, I mean, you, you're spiking the wall. And um, I think the peace of God is amazing in that situation where it, it both acts as a compass and a rudder where it tells us where the mark is. And then as we kind of progress through life, through the year, through the season, he kind of steers us. And uh, I suppose the important thing is to get the direction and then get going, <laughs> make some decisions and be actionable. And then you really sense the Lord's peace uh, where he's kind of leading you and steering you. And that's personally how uh, I kind of make my way through life and how I make decisions uh, for my family and, and, and in a personal life and in a, in, a, in a professional working capacity as well. I, um, I, I, I look for that confirmation of peace. And, and once I have strong conviction, I swing the bat hard. And... Um, uh, so, so this morning, let's, uh, yeah, let's dive into scripture um, and, and a couple of principles that, that I've been thinking about as the, as the new, new year comes along. Proverbs 14 verse 4 says that where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes from the strength of an ox. And it just paints a picture that if we want the strength of an ox for our benefit, we have to be able to put up with the poop and the things that come with looking after an ox. And if we want to do things where there's action, there is often resistance. And where we want to make conscious decisions and be actionable in our lives, it's often met with a resistance. And knowing that before the time is exceptionally helpful. I think decision-making is, is an amazing 
talent or a gift or just a skill that can be grown. And I believe that it's better to make a decision than not make a decision at all. So if you're faced with two roads, make the decision. Don't let life decide for you what the outcome is going to be. If, if the decision that you make happens to be the wrong decision, you can go back, you can revisit that thought process, you can iron out the kinks, you can identify biases that you have when making decisions, and you can tweak that decision-making process so that further down the line, we start making better and better decisions, and that becomes a habit our thought process, the way we think, the way we tackle problems in life. And I, f I find that the Holy Spirit is exceptionally practical. Mm -hmm. What he calls us to do is very practical. He says to us, look after the orphans and the widows. Feed the poor, clothe those who don't have clothes. And these are exceptionally practical things that he calls us to do so as we grow in our walk with the lord as we grow spiritually that must be paralleled with growing in practical wisdom in terms of decision making in terms of consciously um, stepping out and not allowing other people or life circumstances to decide things for us Romans 12 verse 2 says that we must not be conformed to this world, but be trans transformed by the renewing of our mind, that you may prove what is your good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that re word renewing there, I want to kind of zoom in on it. it it's the, the kind of original is anakinosis, which ana means again, and kinos means new. So you making again and again and again new. You're renewing your mind. You're renewing the way you think, the way you make decisions. You're renewing your thought process. And this manifests itself in very practical wisdom and decision-making for you and your family, as well as the way that you impact the world around you. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. And uh, we all see it every day. Um, amazingly successful businessmen and athletes, they just, they touch something and it's just phenomenal what they do with their gifts. But they don't acknowledge God. They don't even think about God. They just exercise their gifts and they do incredibly well. Now the positive that I take out of that is that I have a gift, you have a gift, we all have gifts that we can exercise. And what I remind myself of every day when I go into the office is that doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter if I'm feeling super spiritual or if I'm really feeling down and I haven't had a great week and not feeling spiritual at all, I can still exercise that gift that is inside of me. And so I go to work with the confidence that I have this gift that no one can take away regardless of how I feel. I can do amazing things that day, or I can, I can accomplish those goals, or I can do with boldness that which I kind of set out to do. 
So we want to exercise those gifts this year. I want to exercise that gift this year daily. Um, another point that, in terms of my personal prayer life, I think uh, something Melissa touched on this morning, we live in North America, amazingly blessed, so much stuff that we can get our hands on. As a principle in my prayer life, I don't pray for stuff. I pray for people, I pray for salvation, I pray for breakthrough, I pray for a job, I pray for um, healing, I pray for those kinds of things. And I think it ties in with that Matthew 6 principle of seeking first the kingdom of God and all things will be added. If I want something, if I want a laptop, I don't pray for a laptop, I go out and I buy a laptop. So I work hard, <laughs> I budget, I save up and I go buy one. I don't waste my time praying for a laptop. And I try and focus prayer time on things that I feel will align me with that which is important. And in our household, I think every household has got a set of core values, whether you write them on the wall, whether you talk about them around the dinner table, or whether you just model them. It's going to come out, your core values. It's easy to recognize. You can see it's the things that a family defends and it's principles or values that they model. And in our house, something, a topic that comes up frequently is keep the most important thing the most important thing. And in different scenarios and different situations, that kind of value um, has certainly helped us and um, Jesus in, in Matthew 18, he defends something that's important to him in terms of eternal life. So he says, if something causes you to sin, if, you, if it's your eye, pluck it out. If it's your arm, cut it off. If it's your leg, cut it off. It's better to enter into eternal life without these things than not to enter at all. And he's using exceptionally visual example and he's really aggressive around something that he's trying to defend and what he's defending there is eternal salvation and so for for each of us and so what we need to do is we need to identify what the things are that are important to us because those are the things that, we, that we're going to defend and those are the things that we're going to want to model we can't fight every battle We'll be exhausted be before lunchtime. So we got to focus on certain core values, certain things that really appeal to us and make a concentrated effort to make a difference in those, in those areas. So we want to keep the most important things the most important things. And I was reading this last week about this uh, man of God that I really respect, I believe he's one of the biggest influences currently in the Western church. And he, his church is growing at a massive rate. Uh, loads of churches want to be affiliated with him, etc. And they asked one of his board members, so in the boardroom, what does he talk about in terms of church planting and church growth strategy? And the board member answered and he said, well, in the 20 years that I've known him, he's never once spoken about church growth, church planting strategy. 
what he focuses on is what is the Lord saying to us in this season? And how can we be obedient to what he's saying? And the fruit of that is massive church growth. So am I saying planning or strategy is not important? No, I'm saying, I'm saying it's, it's cool, but I'm saying it's secondary. The main thing is the main thing. And the main thing is hearing God's voice for that season and being obedient and executing it. And, and that counts for us individually as well. Personally, I've planned my whole 2017. Um, I've, I've got things mapped out, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is for me as the head of the home to hear in every season and make adjustments through the compass and the conviction of peace where, 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 we, should, where we should be heading. So 2016 personally for me has been an amazing year probably the best year of my life. Uh, I think for many it's been a, a dog of a year. Um, just one that we're happy to get, get, get by. Um, I had the, the birth of my first son. Yeah. And uh, um, I, have a, I have a wife that I adore and I, and I really enjoy my job where I spend the most of my waking hours. So I'd say it's been a super blessed year and um, I think some people have had bad years, so we're expecting to have a better year. Um, and some of us have had good years, so we're expecting to have a more average year. So kind of by nature, we kind of mean reverting as humans. You know, we think, you know, it's got, you know. But, but the amazing thing and the last principle is that the Lord takes us from glory to glory and strength to strength. So my expectation and my hope is not only is 2017 going to be better than last year, which was the greatest year of my life, but every consecutive year is going to compound into something greater. And so that's what I want to leave with you guys this morning. Wow. Well, packed, packed with practical wisdom. I wanted to mention, in case you didn't notice, that it really comes from South Africa. And uh, the line of work that you're in again? Um, I trade oil. Swaps oil. Um, Rudy is uh, part of the leadership team for our kingdom builders in the church here, and so we just want to say how much we appreciate that. All right, Jeremy Switzer, so he comes from Saskatchewan, and he, he leads Route 57. T tell us about last year. Thanks. Well, what an honor. Um, thank you so much. Can't follow that up. Um, so, no good word. Um, 2016 was some kind of year for us, for me, for my wife and I, for our kids, our family. I'm going to go a little closer. Okay, thanks. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's the year started, and it wasn't all that memorable, really. It was just kind of a year that started, it felt like. and But early on in the year, we started to get this uneasy feeling that something's changing, something's coming. We're not sure what it is. Still don't know what it is, just so you know. Um, but it's still there. Um, thanks, Phil, for sharing that. It was, my wife and I's heart is huge for the kids. Um, we're, we're a little on the older side of the kids, but every kid, even up to the grandpas and grand, grandmas that are still kids at heart. And, you know, we, we started to see God really move with the kids in Route 57 in 2016. We've been praying for a long time and hoping for a long time to see God show up and experience and just these kids to have experiences with the Holy Spirit and 
and function in it, not just hear about it, not just be babysat or pushed yeah. aside, but but to actually be functional and be to be part of the church. And I'm excited for 2017 for that because it's I, I echo that with Phil that it's coming and I'm excited. So 2016, um, big year for me. I had my 10 year wedding anniversary, babe. Um, she's easy to be married to. I'm not sure about myself. So, uh, yeah, just give her a hug and say good job. Um, yeah, and then along came August 31st, which was a big day for me. Yeah, I just went to work. It's a Tuesday, I believe. Climbed a ladder that wasn't mine. Shouldn't have climbed it. But the just to set the story straight as well, um, so many people have come up to me and say, wow, you had a big fall. You fell off a ladder. I want to just make sure that it's straight that I didn't fall off the ladder. The ladder fell out from under me. And I stayed on that ladder like a cowboy. <laughs> Boom, all the way down. Um, all the way down. So long story short, shattered my wrist, arm, scars to prove it, still painful. Terrible. And the greatest, well, one of the greatest struggles of my life has been fear. Growing up in fear, my dad struggles with it. My, my grandmother, bless her heart, she says she has the spiritual gift of worry. Um, I'm not even kidding. I love her. She's an amazing matriarch in the family. She just worries about everything. And so I've always struggled with the first thought after something bad happens to be the worst thought possible or the worst case scenario. And so I hit the ground, I stood up, and I would not accept that I had broke a bone. I wouldn't accept it. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite certain that there was an angel there protecting me that day, because I hit the ground, I stood up, and a guy hugged me from behind. And I hadn't met him yet. He was a framer. He starts whispering in my ear. Long story short, he kept me from passing out many times. Um, ended up, he's a strong Christian guy. Spent the whole day with me, eight hours. Gave his whole day, took me to the hospital, stayed with me. Whole day. Unreal. I don't know if I would have made it through that day very well without him. So I woke up after surgery, and I'm looking at this going, how long until I can work again? Because I'm the provider for my family. Uh, how's this going to work? Worst case scenario, like, going to lose the house, going to lose everything, move in with mom and dad. <laughs> like, just, just not, that, not that that's terrible, but that's not ideal. So um, just, just the, the most fear just came over and gripped me. Just so full of fear, just emotional, it's dark having some terrible thoughts. My wife walked in the hospital room, and thanks for opening the floodgates. Um, <clears throat> she, you know, she came and gave me a hug, and she said, the first thing, well, one of the first things she said to me was, God doesn't need you to provide for us. And it was amazing. So, geez, is this dusty up here? Um, <laughs> She was driving to the hospital, and God spoke to her very clearly. God doesn't need him. I don't need him to provide for your family. 
And over the next, you know, it's four months almost to the day yesterday, and um, over the last four months, we've really seen God show up from our family here at the church to other people. God actually dropped the word in our hearts like two weeks after this accident and said, you're going to be in better shape by Christmas than you were before the accident. Financially, everything. Not just financially. And it's true. It's unreal. I have no idea. Like, it's just, it blows my mind um, that God took the most painful thing I've ever had to go through in my life and turned it around to be one of the greatest things I'll never forget. Uh, lately, I did, I've done a couple jobs for plastic surgeons, which has been interesting. And because they notice your scars. <laughs> What'd you do there? And um, who did that bad work? So, <laughs> you know, I'm not kidding. I'm not even kidding. Who stitched that up? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there. But uh, the one guy I was working for a couple weeks ago, he says, I said, what do you think of the stitch job? He says, well, it's terrible. Um, you're going to see that the rest of your life. And I actually said, I'm glad. Because, you know, I was thinking about when, um, you know, when, when tough, times get tough and when things get tough, it's, for me, anyways, being a visual person, I'm just going to look at that and go, it's not that bad. Um, you know, things will fade, but I'll never forget the scar. And so, yeah, that's 2016, really. So, we'll move on. Thanks, Jeremy. Great, great work. Uh, Judy Sparks is uh, one of our board members of the church, so we value her input a great deal. Do you have, already have a microphone? Well, I do, but I don't know if it works. Oh, let's do this right here. Watch, watch. Test. Test. It's all yours. Okay. All right, so uh, Pastor Lauren asked a little while ago uh, if I would be willing to share how, the question was that he put forward was, how did I experience God in 2016? And um, so that should be a pretty easy question because I, I feel like I experience him a lot, but it's been amazing how I've had to dig deeper to say, you know, what is it that has impact that I experienced God in this year? And um, I experienced him in provision, incredible, this year. I wouldn't say that's any different than other years, so, because I do easily experience God uh, as my provider. Uh, this year, I decided in January, had, I had set it up last the December before, that this year was going to be a year where I sought God for um, my heart work. So some areas in my heart that uh, were frustrating or that I didn't see, I guess what I would call congruence. So um, I would say it was where my beliefs and where my identity connect. The, the, that area. So that area was an area where I would think I believed that the power of God moves mountains. But my experience didn't necessarily give way to that all the time. And uh, it did sometimes, so it was enough for me to think, huh, it's possible. 
So I wanted more of that, and I wanted to understand the inner workings of that within my heart. So I started, some of you may have come to Dr. James Richards when he was here I, April or something like that. Well, I had already been kind of introduced to his program called Heart Physics, where uh, it basically teaches you about biblical meditation, about quieting your spirit to God. So, and I just like to say that a little bit, that uh, it's been said that we're the sum of our parts. And I don't know if that's an entirely accurate statement, uh, but I do know that we are body, and we are soul, and we are also spirit. To deny our spirit and say that we're just a body and we're just a personality, uh, we're missing something, and that's where the congruence uh, doesn't connect because if we deny that one part of ourselves. So the actual work for biblical meditation is actually in your spirit man. Um, so for me, I set that um, apart to be able to look at my spirit man. So, uh, and that was a deliberate, intentional act that I made daily. So it was to set that time apart to actually practice hearing from God. And I did that by meditating on his word. I did that by uh, meditating on, I'm pretty visual, so I meditated on pictures that he would give me and I allowed him to take me into places in my imagination, which for some might be really scary and not to say it wasn't scary sometimes because I didn't know where it necessarily would go. But I did find it took about 21 days before I could actually focus. It was the strangest thing. I thought I actually was pretty connected with God. And uh, it was interesting how I, it took 21 days where I didn't feel like I was like a, uh, you know, squash ball, you know, that my thoughts weren't bouncing off of the ceiling and the floor and just being able to concentrate and listen for what God was wanting to say to me. And one thing I want to say right now, too, is that uh, there was something stirring in my heart before I embarked on this journey, and that was that I didn't want to manufacture God. You know, he is, he's, he's able to stand on his own. He doesn't need me to manufacture him or create uh, things that look like him. Uh, we don't, I didn't, he didn't need my efforts to, you know, be him. Uh, he, he actually is him all by himself. So, uh, and he's able to stand on his own two feet if, if he has them. So, um, and he, apparently he does. So, um, so that was what sort of embarked me. So I was like, I really wanted to search and find uh, him for himself. That he was before the period of time that I was actually in. And the whole idea of time and space continuum, and we're pretty scientific family. My guys love to talk science, and I don't claim to know uh, or understand a lot of it, but I do believe that there's so much uh, of how he created the world that we can step into when we allow ourselves. So, uh, so one of the things that I believe uh, I carry, and maybe you could put that, um, that slide up. So, because I'm so visual, I wanted to give everyone a little visual here. So awesome. So that is a pole vaulting um, area, contraption. <laughs> and uh, I did some high jumping in school. It's pretty 
pretty fun going to new heights. And I believe that when we want to go into new arenas and new areas where we want to uh, see greater move in our life, whether it be professionally, whether it be in our faith, whether it be in our journey and our walk with understanding God, uh, I believe it's sort of like this, that there's a, there's a bar. On YouTube, there's this fantastic video of this guy who broke the world record, and you could see him getting ready to go, and uh, you know, he was concentrating, and he was so determined and everything, but you'd think uh, he knew he could do it because he set the bar up there, right? But he didn't, he didn't, because you know how I know he didn't? Because after he went, cleared the bar, he was shocked. <laughs> he was like, he was so amazed and exhilarated that he actually cleared the bar. So just sort of put that out there as a word for thought as you're looking at something right in front of you that seems larger than life, is that you may not necessarily know that you're gonna get it, but uh, you, you put the steps forward to it. So if you look at that contraption, there's the level up at the top, and then there's the two sidebars. And then, of course, we know with pole vaulting that you use a pole, right? You run with this long a pole, and the pole gets planted. And I never actually knew this before I started my research on this, but you see that little area with the yellow padding? Well, right below it is this metal thing called a pole vault box. They're like so special, and they even come with their own cover to protect it from the elements when it's not in use. It's like a big thing. So the pole vaulter comes and runs, and he doesn't just run and just plant that pole wherever. He plants the pole in the pole vaulting box. It sounds, you know, pretty basic and straightforward, but it's shaped, it's on an angle, and it's, it's set to project him, so he has an opportunity to fly over that pole. So um, I would equate the pole vaulting box, that little silver box, to be hope. I would equate that to be hope because somehow our faith, our experience with God has to be directed by something. It has to have a place that we plant it on. And that place for everyone is really individual. And that's what I discovered in my journey in the spirit with God this year, that he created you and made you as such an individual. Your capacity to hope is so created individually for you to fly over whatever hurdles that are needed for you to fly over. They're so directed for each one of you that, that um, it's, it's so important that we connect with what it is we choose to put our hope in. It's, it's funny because I think for me a lot of it comes down to, and people ask me, how come you have so much hope and where do you get this hope from? And, and I've actually have developed myself in this area, so I find it super easy to hope. Like it kind of drives some people a little bit crazy because it seems a little bit um, probably Pollyanna, probably on the surface, just so positive thinking, but I find that I draw my hope from the place of pain, actually. I draw my hope from the place of possibility in the pain. If you don't allow yourself to go into that place where things aren't so great, to take you into places that are so great, you've missed 
your pole vaulting box. You got to plant your faith on something. So your faith gets planted right in that space where there's pain, when there's impossibility, according to what everybody else says, and it gets planted to say, hmm, maybe it might be possible. Maybe it might be possible. Now, if it is possible, how do we keep from dreaming up our own dreams because it comes out of that place of imagination? And how do we stay connected with, with what God says is impossible? What God says is possible. So, Proverbs 19.21 says, um, many plans are in man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. So it's his way of thinking that's actually gonna stand. We, we can have all, all kinds of crazy thoughts. So how do those thoughts get directed? How do we make sure they're planted properly so that it's gonna be sturdy? Well, Philippians 4, 8 says, and this comes to mind all the time, this is a way I, this is something I just naturally uh, use to gauge and to judge my uh, imagination. So bear with me. This process may not work for you, but it really truly works for me. So. I, I look at Pro, or Philippians 4, 8, and I say, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, I love that word, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about those things. So that's kind of where I go. So if I get confronted with a painful situation, if I get confronted with a hurdle that seems way too large, I go to that place of hope. What would be praiseworthy here? What would be excellent? What would be noble? What would be true? I mean, and there's some analysis that probably needs to happen in that process. I love the body of Christ because I love getting around other people as we sort through the issues of pain and trauma in our life. What is going on here? What is true? What is noble? What is praiseworthy? What is of good report? And just go and hash through those, those things together. So I believe that uh, for me, I've tapped into something. I've tapped into something uh, that didn't, it wasn't new to God, it actually existed. I actually was operating in it before, but right now, I've like, I'm like getting it. Like, I'm connecting with how this operates, not just for myself, but for other people. When I see pain and when I see trauma, and I, let me tell you, when I see a broken heart, I'm going after what I can have hope for, for myself and for other people. Beautiful. Thank you, Judy. Really great. So I'm just going to get the worship team to come back, and I'm going to ask each of you to share in a sort of like a minute or so, what do you expect for 2017? And if there's things that either of the, each of them have said that resonate with you and you'd like them to pray for you, they'll be, they're going to step down right after they share this, and we're going to keep the altar open for a minute and allow them to take a minute and, and pray for you and, and speak over you, because so, uh, we want to do that. So, uh, Rudy... Uh, 2017. What are you expecting the Lord to do in 2017? So, 
He's on. So 2017, like I said, I have things planned, but at the end of the day, that's not the main thing. Going to keep the main thing the main thing and follow the piece. What I do know is the year is not going to go exactly according to plan, and there are going to be curveballs. But what I am going to do to the best of my ability is exercise a sound mind. Amidst chaos or craziness or uncertainty, I'm going to make decisions with a sound mind. Beautiful. That's great. Jeremy. Uh, I was praying about this, and God gave me Joshua 1, verse 1 through 9, and how Moses is dead. And I see Moses as 2016 is dead. Yeah. 2017 is Joshua. He's going into the promised land. He's scared. He doesn't know what he's doing. He hasn't, you know, he's got full faith. He's a strong man. But God said to him three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and yeah. courageous, be yeah. strong and courageous. And, yeah. and that's, that's what, I, what I see for, for us as 2017 is the world is, it's spiraling down. It feels like there's a lot of division, a lot of unrest, a lot of crazy stuff going on. But God's going to use Christians in 2017 yeah. to show people that there is hope and there is yeah. there's another yeah. there's another thing coming that's not negative it's constantly yeah. negative constantly negative no no be strong courageous and so that's just the word I have for you guys beautiful this year is just be strong courageous because God the next part of that is that God says that I will be with you every single step beautiful so great word Jeremy Judy my word is a refinement so if there's areas uh, in our life that um, we've been uh, kicking the dirt around and we want to take a closer look, this is the year. Go for it. God's going to give refinement. I got a picture of like a, you know, when you, when you shoot and you go into battle and you just do kamikaze, crazy shooting everywhere and hope everything just gets annihilated and, and then some slippery sucker gets away, right? This year is about being a sniper. This year is about getting trained so that you can hit the target every sure. time. Yeah, so you can hit one. the mark every time. You don't have to flounder. You don't have to wonder. You can just step into it. You can just go forward and know that your strategy is hitting the mark every time. Excellent. Thank you so much. Hasn't it been great? Hi. You guys just go down the front, you know. Love that. Well, I deeply respect what God is doing in their life, and I trust uh, each one of them to minister to you if you'd like prayer. Why don't we all just stand right now? We're going to close. What, that name of Jesus song just did it to me. So we're going to sing that again in closing, and, um, and when we're done that, you're released, uh, and next week we'll see you back here, of course. But uh, feel free to just come on up and let them pray for you. And um, if something they said resonated, and just th take this last couple moments for us to just worship together and, um, and receive something from the Lord, shall we? Father, we thank you that 2017 can be better than any of us would ever expect. And we thank you that you're both the author and the finisher of our faith. So today we just make this declaration, Lord, that you would continue what you began within each of our lives. Thank you for the ministry that will take place personally here right now. And I thank you as we go our separate ways, Lord, and we go home, that we could spread your great hope to everyone we meet this year. So, Father, thank you for your presence and speaking through your servants. 
And as we go now, we thank you that your presence goes with us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic 2017. If you'd like ministry, stay around. We're just going to wait for a little while, and then we'll just wrap that chorus up. Let's do that, right? Come on. message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.